Hey, soccer fans, this is Nick for Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. I am back after a beautiful vacation where I got to take in some Premier League action over in London. And I'm going to tell you all about my experiences there. But first, we are going to review the last two rounds of the MLS Cup playoffs, which were the first two rounds, right? And we're going to talk about the upsets, the scores, the potential matchups as we move to the finals, what we want to see, what we think we're going to see. We're going to talk about all of it, and we're going to get all of your comments live here on our YouTube chat. So if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you find us on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, make sure you jump in on the podcast to get all of those little extras. But first, as always, it wouldn't be a show without that great hype music. Well, soccer fans, once again, I am Nick P. Back with you here at Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. I missed you guys all last week. I was out on my vacation with my wife. We're celebrating 10 years of wedded bliss. And it was, you know, unfortunately, um, I'd rather spend my time with her on vacation. No offense, guys, but <laughs> that's where I'm at in life, right? But it is great to be back. It is great to see everyone who's already in our chat as we kick the show off. Rocky at Talking to Woods, Connor Knows Soccer, Brother BKL have already all jumped in and left comments, and we are waiting for the crew to get rolling in here as we do each and every week. As I mentioned in the brief intro, we are going to talk MLS Cup playoffs to begin the show. And then in the second half, I'll share with you some Premier League experiences, some things that you all should look out for. Uh, if you're ever traveling overseas, if you're ever looking to get some games, we'll share some photos and, and just some, some good life choices that I made last week. Absolutely. But we are going to get into it after a quick housekeeping announcement here. If you like the show, if you love what we do, if you want to be a part of it, there's three easy ways for you to support Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. Number one, share the link, send something out on social media. It's really simple. Grow the sport through conversation. That's our goal here at SOP. The other thing you can do, send a super chat, send a super thanks, send a dollar, five dollars, anything to let us know that you like what we're doing to keep it up. Uh, throw a little pizzazz and spice in in our evening here and you know let, let me tell mike you know the the owner and, and, and main guy here that i'm making him a little money right um but but also all the money we end up bringing in does get reinvested into the show so not only are you supporting us but you're supporting the show and finally if you want to get more involved than just that just the conversation or, or a few bucks here or there then we are open to sponsorships corporate sponsorships individual whatever you want to see we can help you do it through our social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, YouTube, uh, as well as on the podcast and pending website, all of that good stuff. So, all right, housekeeping out of the way. You know me, you know us lawyers, business first and then the fun. So let's get into that fun right now, guys. We're going to go back two games. We are going back to Saturday, October 15th, where we had one East and one Western Conference matchup to open up the playoffs on October 15th. And New York Red Bulls hosted FC Cincinnati. 
congratulations, Cincinnati. You have not only made an appearance, but you have won your first MLS Cup playoffs game. Congratulations. It was a round of applause. Round of applause for Cincinnati there. Uh, they have a 2-1 come-from-behind victory at Red Bull Arena. I was very impressed with Cincinnati in this match. I thought New York and their pressing style were going to be able to stymie Lucho Acosta in the midfield. And, and without him clicking, the Cincinnati offense kind of stifled. But you know what? Since he made all the right in-game adjustments and we're able to get those two second half goals catapulting them through to the next round so kudos to cincinnati now we can talk cincinnati more but really red bulls really need to start thinking about how they want to play soccer in mls because man it is great to see them play well during the regular season and it is just a punch to the gut to see them fall short every playoffs so people are speculating that they or people suggesting that they need to rethink their entire ethos they need to rethink their entire manner of playing soccer because it's not good in a small sample size one game elimination format like the mls playoffs are maybe if you went back to that two game uh home and home two leg aggregate goal kind of scenario Maybe that would give the Red Bull style a little bit more of an advantage. But really, they need to start looking at bringing some more top-end talent, some high-powered goal scoring, if you're going to do anything in this league. Uh, to their credit, they play a style and they play it well. Everyone buys in. Everyone from the U15s to the senior team, they all know what's going on. So the Red Bulls can always rely on that. But as far as them getting through the playoffs... Those one-game, one-off scenarios, or you get a good coach like like FC Cincinnati did in this game, made it with the right adjustments, FC Cincinnati moves on. Congrats to Vasquez for getting one, and I think Lucho even got the other one as well on a penalty. So kudos, Cincinnati. Red Bulls, back to the drawing board. The other game that day, the LA Galaxy hosting Nashville SC and LA squeak out a one nothing win in this game. Uh, I was 0 for 2 on these predictions. I thought that uh, Red Bull was going to take it, and I thought Hani Mukhtar was going to be the difference in that Nashville game, but it turns out Hani Mukhtar was the only one trying to do anything in that Nashville game. And Gary Smith, their head coach, not on the sidelines. He was actually, I don't know if he was back home or in a hospital. Uh, wherever he was, he was sick and didn't make the trip. So maybe that affected how Nashville lined up. Maybe their, their assistance and interims just kind of went with routine patterns, tactics, subs, whatever the case was, though, it ended up in the Galaxy's favor. So you look at LA Galaxy, and, and they do go on to lose the next game. Sorry, spoiler alert. You guys know the results of El Trafico by now. Uh, but this was a, an excellent step forward for the Galaxy to come in against the presumed MVP, against one of the better defensive teams uh, in the league, but a team that has struggled to find some consistent goal scoring at times in Nashville and LAFC grinds out a win. And that's playoffs, regardless of what sport you're in, that's playoffs. You, you get the win, you move on, survive in advance. Y'all have heard the cliches when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So I'm going to give a cheers here to FC Cincinnati and LA galaxy for getting through and taking some big steps forward as a club. Let's take a look at some of our comments here in the chat as we address these games we have junior jumping in junior rich young thank you for joining us in the chat he's asking for uh our picks on the eastern conference 
finals, Philly or NYC? Brother BKL jumps in and says NYCFC. They're the reign and champs. Uh, but we also have Connor Knows Hawker saying F Cincinnati, just like spoken like a true Columbus Crew fan. Connor, I wouldn't expect anything else from you. <laughs> Um, a new Wiseman also has jumped in the chat, and he says, hey, 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 Boca out. So, yeah, Atlanta United not even in the playoffs, and we're still ripping on Carlos Bocanegra and the Atlanta United front office. Hani Mukhtar's edits jumps in and says, Orlando is out. Let's go. Yes, and uh, we're going to talk about Orlando in just a second because, to me, they were playoff pretenders throughout the season, and I think uh, this game just kind of confirmed it despite them, uh, despite how they finished the season. Yeah. That's just kind of confirmed it for me. Anyway, Connor also jumps in and says that fully loaded Philly versus fully loaded NYCFC match up is going to look great. I agree with you, man. I, I cannot wait to watch that game. I may have to start getting some free trials and subscriptions and things just so I can make sure I get through all of our playoff action here. Um, brother BKL says, how the LA Galaxy are really good at this. I predicted Nashville to win, plus bracket challenge. Seriously, I was thinking they look in trouble. You're right. LAFC did play a very precarious game. They had very small margins for error. And, uh, you know, extra time host David Goss described it pretty well. And I, and I agree with him 100%. The Galaxy have been a disjointed team all year where it's like they have their defensive unit and their offensive unit, and, and the two never really got on page. And, and you saw that throughout the playoffs even, where if if the offense was just kind of waiting around to get the ball and the defense was kind of waiting around for help from the offense. So very, very difficult uh, way to sustain success, uh, but they did it against Nashville. We got Angus McCorder jumping in. How are you, sir? Great to have you back with us. Uh, let us know your MLS Cup playoff thoughts. We'll get them in on the chat, and we'll we'll have a little bit more of a conversation. Uh, and Red Bull Insider is with us too, saying, "I don't want to remember that Cincinnati Red Bull game." Uh, as a Red Bull fan, I don't think you would, but you know, Red Bull fans have to forget a, a lot of different playoff runs here. So maybe it's something you're you're not too unfamiliar with. Uh, trust me, as a Chicago fan, I know all about playoff heartbreak. You know, the few times we make the playoffs, not just in soccer. Anyway, let's move on and look at the next set of games going back to the first round of the playoffs. Austin FC hosting Real Salt Lake. They play to a 2-2 draw, and Austin ends up advancing on penalties. Austin goes out, goes down early 2-0. Could not believe it. They were the absolute definition of nervous playoff team, right? Uh, but they they have the comeback. They had that club in the bag of coming back and regaining wins. And then they do it on penalties. Penalties, it's up for grabs, man. But they end up converting. I didn't get a chance to watch too much of this game. So why don't we take a quick look at some of the statistics here? Because the way Austin plays, I really think that they, they should have had a lot of possession of the ball. Especially against an RSL team and away team who might have been playing uh, for, you know, to come out early and score early and maybe playing for penalty kicks down the stretch. I'd love to see if the stats really bear out what that actually, what actually happened in this game here. Um, I'm actually kind of unimpressed the fact that uh, it was only 3-1, that there was only four made penalty kicks in there. But anyway, we'll let that load up and we will move on to Montreal's 2-0 victory over Pretenders Orlando. And this was everything I expected out of this game, right? And and I will say this was the first time Montreal 
to me, looked like a legit trophy contender. Uh, how they, they dominated possession, they dominated shots, they dominated passing in the offensive zones and the defensive zones. They controlled this game. They probably should have had some more goals. They they only get the second one in, in stoppage time, but good for Montreal. I, I picked them to win. They should have won. Orlando should have lost. And this this result makes things right in the in the soccer world for me. Now, getting back to that Austin game, 69% possession for Austin. 38 shots, 11 on goal. Uh, this is insane. Austin had 60 crosses during this game. I think the most I've ever seen was a desperate Chicago fire team during the regular season. Put in like 28, 32, something like that. 60 crosses. Can you imagine if they were putting in a cross every 30 seconds? That is still a third of the game they are crossing the ball in. It is wild to think that. But when an RSL team goes into a bunker and just, you know, drops 10 men behind the ball, that might be the, that's a way to break down a defense. Not sure if it's the best way, but you know what? It worked enough in this game. Taking a look at the expected goals here. Look at these possession intervals. This is crazy. I've never seen it that lopsided uh, throughout this, the back end of the game. Looking at the expected goals, though, Austin had 4.3 expected goals. So, and that, that's just a result of volume. Their only real goal-scoring opportunities actually went into the back of the net. They needed to have one of those, you know, 10% chance ones go their way or get that difficult header and muscle it in into the back of the net. But they, I don't know if they got those during the crosses. Again, I missed a lot of the action on here. That's what I would, would have expected to see in order to get them through easily over this RSL team. But they did it the hard way. But again, they survive, they advance, they move on. Let's take a look at some of the comments here regarding this. Uh, Angus McCorder says, I would not be surprised if Austin gets to the MLS Cup. They have the offense. They have an MVP candidate in Sebastian Giussi. Uh, is Brad Stuver their goalkeeper? I forget. I think he's he's with Austin. Um but, but their goalkeeper has been playing solid enough. And Joss Wolf's got them playing a connected, I you know, solid brand of possession soccer. Now, if they can get through LAFC, which is going to be very interesting because Austin likes possession. LAFC have shown they can play possession, but they can also play counterattacking soccer. So if LAFC slips into a counterattacking kind of formation and tactic, uh, then we can see some real contrasting styles and we'll have to see either Austin scrambling on defense or LAFC just, just trying to, to weather the storm of shots and possession. So that would be, this is going to be a really good Western Conference matchup. Glad you pointed that out, Angus. Luis Angel Ocampo says LAFC. I would like to see LAFC get through to the final and matchup with Philly. So I'm with you as far as that goes, Luis. Thank you for dropping by in the chat, man. I hope it goes your way. I hope you enjoy the games. Brother BKL says, RSL are really good at penalty shootouts in Seattle, but this year they looked vomit face. <laughs> they busted his bracket. Jay Jardine shows up in the chat saying, I love NYCFC. You know, they they found a little something, and it, it came, I think, in the, uh, was it the Campiones Cup, I believe, late on in the season. Um they they took that match, or was it a League's Cup match? I forget exactly what it was. They they took that win, and oh no, it was not the camp. I don't know. I can't remember exactly. But anyway, they took that 
game against a Liga MX opponent. I think it was Campione's Cup, Atlas. And and they ran with it. That was that little bit of spark that they needed, that they really solidified as a team, as well as tactically. They got their injured players back, and they look dangerous in the playoffs. They've got the experience, and I think they're finally rallying uh, around around their coach. Nick Cushing isn't that, that pushover, interim lame duck kind of guy that people thought he might be. So there you go. NYCFC is a good pick at this point, Jay. He also goes on to agree that the whole game was crosses for 90 minutes in that Austin RSL one. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> hey, check this out, guys. We have Blau and Grana. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Hola from Valencia, Spain. Do you speak Spanish, Italian, German, and French? Uh, un poquito español. Uh, no Italian. Nine Dutch. Uh, no Francais. Sorry. That's the best I can do. Just consider me your ignorant, ignorant American here. Un poquito español, Blaugrana. Glad you joined us. Glad you found us from across the pond, from over there in Spain. Um, are, are you an MLS fan? Are you supporting a team over here? Let us know. It'd be great to hear what, what people in Spain think about MLS, especially with Ricky Pooch coming over from Barcelona and really helping LA Galaxy finish the season strong. All right, now let's move on to the next round of playoff games here, guys. We've had a great chat, and I appreciate all the comments in the chat from everyone. Now, we have Monday, October 17th. Again, we got to go back a little bit. Sorry for I, – I know you missed me when I was on vacation. Um, so we had – oh, wow, I think I went I think I went way too far back. The wrong way on here. Thanks a lot, MLSsoccer.com, for uh, throwing, off, throwing off my schedule. Here we go. We got New York City. 3-0 over Inter-Miami. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain's last game, he has retired. It, it's unfortunate that he went out in this fashion, but it it was a, a real moving game from what I understand, having him there and, and having uh, all the support he got from not only NYCFC and his club and everything else. So uh, his final game is a defeat. NYCFC looked dangerous. They, whew, they looked good. They were back in form. And now we've got Dallas and Minnesota and that other game playing to a 1-1 draw and Dallas squeaking by on penalty kicks. Not the best game from either one of those two teams. However, the higher seeded and probably the most favored team Dallas gets through. Not a good offensive performance by them. Dallas needs to be scoring two, three goals a game at minimum. They have the talent to be doing it, but they also have the defense where they need to be doing it. Minnesota couldn't take advantage, unfortunately, and, and uh, hopefully – they can lock up Emmanuel Reynoso to a long-term deal and kind of build around him after the season he had this year. I expect to see the Loons back, you know, top five, top six in the Western Conference next season, especially with Nashville flipping back to the Eastern Conference and expansion side St. Louis coming in. Uh, that should probably give them some easy points uh, that they normally would drop to Nashville. But anyway, congratulations, Loons, on a solid season. You had that seven-game uh, win streak or ten-game point streak somewhere in the middle of the season. That's what you need to hang your hat on and go rebuild like that. Meanwhile, the theme of the playoffs, Dallas survives and advances. All right, we get into the next round of the playoffs. In the East, Philadelphia Union hosting Cincinnati, and they squeak out that one nothing victory. Guys, this is why Andre Blake was goalkeeper of the year, for performances like this. He was he kept Philly in this game. This was a good game, well played by both teams. 
in the end, it was Philly surviving. Uh, they just, they were that much better than Cincinnati on the night. Uh, on Thursday, also, we saw LAFC play LA Galaxy in a playoff El Trafico that did not disappoint. I don't think these teams have ever played to less than five goals in a match, uh, but but this playoff game had it all. What concerns me from LAFC going forward, and we talked a little bit about the Galaxy already, what concerns me with LAFC going forward is they allowed LAFC to have a lot of space in the midfield. I mean, when I was being coached in, in my club days in high school, it was, you've got to be on your man. And that was the style that we wanted to play. I wouldn't call it man marking, but if a man came in your zone, you were on him. You did not give him more than six inches of space to receive the ball and turn. Meanwhile, LAFC, whether it was by design or whether it was just by how the game was playing, the LA Galaxy midfielders could receive the ball, turn, take three and four touches in, in many occasions before actually feeling any sort of pressure. So that really allowed LA to kind of set up some good combination play with Chicharito, Ricky Puja, and the others pushing forward. Um, LAFC is going to have to tighten that up against an Austin team because I think Austin will be able to punish them uh, a lot more. And now that Austin has that uh, one playoff game under their belt to kind of get the, the the playoff rust, well, I can't even say rust, being is that it is their first playoffs, it's their second season in existence. Uh, but now that they kind of got that, that you know, playoff experience, uh, LAFC is going to have to step it up. They're going to have to play much better defensively than they did in this Galaxy game. I expect that they will. But also, you never know with Austin because they are just so good on the ball. Now we move on to Sunday's game. Montreal gets absolutely crushed by New York City 3-1. to one. I think that one goal for Montreal comes late in the game, if not stoppage time. Uh, NYCFC scored early, scored often, like a Chicago voter. And NYCFC with Maxi Morales pulling the strings, uh, a bear getting involved in goals, uh, I think Talos Magno even converted the penalty on this one. Like every one of their offensive stars was on point. And when you have that kind of pressure to absorb, it's almost too difficult for a team. And Montreal certainly was not ready for it. And they go down three to one, setting up that New York City Philly Eastern Conference final. Austin rolls over Dallas two to one. Uh, once again, Austin comes out just too much offense. Dallas could, could not keep the ball out of the net. I know it was only two to one, but they were unable to really stop that Austin offensive juggernaut. But let's get to your comments now, right? Let's see what you all say about the week, about the games. And we'll start with Jason Jardim, Montreal losing made his weekend. Jay, I was, I was Really, I was thinking about you the whole time I was checking scores while I was on vacation. <laughs> but seriously, man, I'm, I'm glad to see that your rival goes down. And uh, let's I'm going to cheers here to a successful offseason for your Toronto FC. Ah, we have Angus McCorder saying so ready for next year. I have a team as I'm from the Lou. No more neutral observer. Yes, Angus. I love it, man. I'm very excited about a uh, St. Louis soccer team selfishly as a Chicago fan, because that gives Chicago a geographic rival. It gives Chicago like an inter-sports rival between baseball with the Cubs and Cards, between hockey with the Blues and Blackhawks, uh, I between football with the Bears. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Sorry, I got to get that shot at no more Rams in St. Louis. But anyway, um, I, I think it's going to be great for Chicago, despite St. Louis coming in on the Western Conference. 
Uh, I'm excited to see Chicago potentially build a rivalry with them, build up a little bit of that Midwestern soccer. And if you guys want to go tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists here, um, let, let's get the MLS to divide into like four regions. And now we can have a Midwest region uh, with St. Louis, Nashville, Chicago, Minnesota, uh, and a few other teams as well. Anyway, I'm getting way outside of a uh, topic of conversation here right now, right? Brother BKL says, are we getting back-to-back MLS Cup? His mind tells me we're going to do that acting like Seattle. Ooh, NYCFC acting like Seattle. That is an interesting thought, uh, but they certainly have the talent right now to do it. I don't know if they can be as dynastic. Is that even a word? Like a dynasty? As dynastic as Seattle has been over the last decade plus. Uh, but back-to-back MLS Cups certainly would would put them on that right track and give them a lot of uh, a, a lot of credit, street cred, whatever you want to call it, to, to being an MLS dynasty. Um, so those are the results. Let's take a look at the schedule coming up. Sunday, this Sunday, October 30th, we have LAFC hosting Austin FC in the Western Conference Finals. That's at 2 o'clock. And the Eastern Conference game in, in an interesting time flip. We have the Western Conference in the afternoon game. And the Eastern Conference is the night game. Uh, Philadelphia Union hosting NYCFC. Uh, it's Subaru Park there in Philly. Both of these games, I think, are going to be awesome from a soccer perspective. You have teams that, first of all, star power, that they are going to wow you. Um, we have teams that play excellent brands of soccer, stars, names. These are excellent matchups, and I am certainly glad that we're going to be seeing all this as as a neutral, I guess, in this kind of sense, or as just a fan of MLS, really excited to see these four teams matching up like this. And no matter what two teams come out of it, it's going to be an awesome MLS Cup final. Now, here's here's your bracket, if we can get the uh, Twitter machine to load. And here's what the bracket looks like so far for any of you who have done your bracket challenge. I, I know for me, I didn't submit a bracket, but I totally missed uh, with Red Bull, I, I had Philly going and I had LAFC going, and I think my Western Conference is pretty much intact other than the Nashville pick. So I don't think I fared too poorly in the bracket challenge, but um, that's what I would have had. Now, taking a look at the odds. Here are the odds according to website 538. Now, let's see if we can follow the graphic here. We've got the four remaining teams, LAFC, Philly, NYCFC, and Austin FC. As far as winning, they have LAFC winning the Western Conference Finals at 76%. So 76% chance LAFC uh, defeats Austin. And then they have a 49% chance to go on and win the Cup. So LAFC remains the favorite. They're giving Philadelphia a 69% chance to advance over NYCFC and then a 32% chance to win the Cup. Um, so it's pretty interesting that regardless of who comes out of the East uh, or or with Austin FC even in the mix, LAFC is still, you know, f- almost 50% odds favorite to lift the cup at this point. So you've got one team with 50% and three teams with the remaining 50% of odds. So that's, that's an interesting kind of a, a way to consider that's how heavy of a favorite LAFC is right now, at least over Austin. So take those odds for what you will. Take the website 538 for what you will. Now, we also want to do uh, a couple little news clips here. 
Uh, and then we'll look at a couple comments and take our halftime break. A little bit of news. Ben Olson and Hugo Perez have interviewed for the Houston Dynamo coaching job. Here we got a nice little picture of Ben Olson there. Um, it's interesting to think that that Ben Olson, after spending so much time in D.C., is being considered because it, it, he went out very unceremoniously, I, I think. And I think a lot of people were just just done with his style of play. The Benny ball, as a lot of people called it, um, you know, nothing too big and fancy, but just solid possession type ball. Uh but he is, according to these sources here, it, far along in those discussions. The other interesting thing is Hugo Perez being the El Salvador national team coach. He's done great work with El Salvador, but does he really want at, at this point in his career to, to come into MLS and coach? I think that's an interesting thing for him. There are, have even been some wild USMNT fans who are like fire Burhalter and bring in Hugo Perez <laughs> If he can do, if he can get El Salvador to the levels that they're at now, then gosh, what could he do with the talent on the U.S.? So interesting to think, maybe he angles this into a USMNT job down the road. But um, I, I don't know if he's coming in, coming into the league like that because Houston seems to want some stability right now. Uh, here's the list of of their prior coaches uh, that they had since Dom Kinnear left in 2014. Owen Coyle, Wilmer Cabrera, Tab Ramos, and Paulo Nagamura, only those four coaches win 100 games. So they're looking for some stability. They're looking to build around their new DPs. They're looking to rebuild a roster. Uh, I really thought Tab Ramos was the guy. I, I get why they let go of Wilmer Cabrera. I really thought Ramos was going to do it, and then Nagamura comes in, and I think he kind of got just put in a bad situation with new, new ownership, and not new ownership, but kind of new front office people. Regardless, if Ben Olsen comes in, I just don't know if he's the guy that's going to get Houston back to the playoffs and competing for trophies despite um, having the, the talent that they're signing. Uh, let's take a few quick comments and then we can look at some MLS awards. We got Angus McCorder saying NYFC finally showed up at the end. They are the most dominant with goal differential in the playoffs. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, two, two games with three goals each. That'll do it for you. Angus McCorder says, I endorse 538. All right, there you go. We've got Angus's endorsement, guys. We're good. I, I just always laugh when uh, 538 keeps trying to predict all the political things, and then there's some, like, crazy swing, and it doesn't go their way. Um, I just I just enjoy that kind of chaos. That's just me. Um, a new Wiseman says, hiring Ben Olsen would be a regression for the Dynamo. I, it's interesting because I, I do think that Ben Olsen is, is not the right hire, but at the same time, can they really go back? Uh, I think Tab Ramos should have had another season, uh, but I like Tab. I like him personally. I like him as a player. I don't know him personally, but I think he's, he's a good guy. And I thought with a little bit more time and maybe with a little bit more talent, he would have been all right. But I guess they just didn't like the style of his play. And then Paulo Nagamura took uh, an average team and made them even worse. So that's why he's gone. Um, Brother BKL, I love this. Andre Blake versus Sean Johnson, part two, a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals. That's going to be awesome to see that goalkeeping matchup. A new Wiseman jumps in. I think that's what's eventually going to happen, the divisions. As I mentioned with St. Louis coming in, I put my tinfoil MLS conspiracy hat on and said, hey, let's uh, let's divide up into four, four divisions here. 
Midwest, Southeast, Northeast, and Western. And, you know, you, you play every team in your division twice, and then you, you do some cross matchup with one of the other divisions, you know, kind of like how the NFL has their four different divisions in each AFC and NFC, something like that. We'll see. Cool to think about. Cool to think about. Or if you want to go other tinfoil hat conspiracy, uh, they're, they're expanding to like 40 teams. That way they can have promotion and relegation within MLS and do MLS 1, MLS 2, 20 and 20. But whew, how dare I say promotion relegation in MLS? I'm about to set something on the internet of fire here. Let's talk about player awards. Now, if you guys know who's won these yet, because I know they've announced some of them, but not all of them. I don't think they've announced the MVP yet, uh, but we have five finalists, and I'm really glad that the league decided to go to five finalists from three a few years back, uh, just to honor these great players here. Christian Arango, Andre Blake, Sebastian Giussi, Javier Hernandez, Chicharito, and Hani Mukhtar. I think Hani Mukhtar gets it, because uh, without him, Nashville was not a playoff team. And with all these other guys, as well as they've been playing, I think their teams are still about as good as they are. Obviously, there's a drop-off when you lose your best players, but without Hani Mukhtar, Nashville were nothing. And with Hani Mukhtar, they could have won a playoff game. So I think he gets it. I don't think they've announced that yet. If you guys know otherwise, let me know. Uh, goalkeeper of the year. This one was announced. Andre Blake of the Union gets goalkeeper of the year over Drake Callender from Inter-Miami and Jordi Petrovic of New England. Interesting. Interesting finalists. Like, I've got no problem with Andre Blake winning this one. Philly had a historically good defense. And, and he is at the center of that, along with defender of the year, Jack, Jacob Glesnes, or Jakob Glesnes, uh, again, who beat out Alex Collins and Kai Wagner, his Philly Union teammate. But I, I didn't watch Drake Callender that closely in Inter-Miami. And the way they struggled early on in the season, I didn't think that he was deserving of, of the nod, but maybe he re regained himself. I, I think that's a Wow, the numbers really look good. The statistics look good, so let's throw them in there. Uh, and Jordi Petrovic, phenomenal play. He might have been the best goalkeeper these last two months, but because he only came after the transfer window closed, uh, he did not have a full season of it like Andre Blake did. So there's Andre Blake getting the nod, a deserved nod. Um, newcomer of the year also, uh, I don't know if it's been announced, so let me know in the chat. I couldn't find it in a quick Google search before the show. Diego Almada, Cucho Hernandez, and Jordi Petrovic. That's going to be tough because you've got two proven goal scorers and one proven goal stopper. And I know Cucho and Georgie came after the transfer window. So if you follow the same logic, um, did Diego Amato come after the transfer window? I don't think so. He should probably win that one. But you've got three non-playoff teams with these newcomers of the year. So it'll be interesting there. Young player of the year, Diego Amato, Brenner, and Jesus Ferreira. So I wonder if they, they'll give it to Amato on this one and give it to Cucho on, on the newcomer. Um, but oh no, never mind. This one did get decided. Sorry, Jesus Ferreira did win Young Player of the Year finalist, and I know it's supposed to be an MLS award, but you you can't ignore his, or it doesn't look like voters ignored his USMNT contributions there, as well as them uh, not forgetting about Brenner's attitude and asking for a transfer uh, earlier on in this season. So you had Jesus Ferreira of Dallas beating Brenner of Cincinnati and Diego Almada. Uh, of Atlanta United. So yeah, hey, maybe Diego Amado gets a newcomer then. Comeback player of the year, Jeremy Ebobise, Gonzalo Higuain, and Kai Kamara have not seen that one. Um, this is going to be interesting because I think it's going to be between Higuain and Kamara because everyone, you know, loves Kamara. He's the perennial MLS guy moving up the all-time scoring charts, but 
Iguain was the story this year, right? So we'll we'll see how the voters go there. Humanitarian of the year, Ali Bedoya, Kai Kamara, and Brad Stuver. Yep, goalkeeper of Austin. I was right. My memory is not as bad as I thought it was. I have not gotten to the bottom of my cocktail yet, so I'm still pretty sharp. That'll be an interesting one because I'm not sure of all the works off the field, but I do know that Kai does a lot back in his home country, so we'll see who ends up taking that one. Coach of the year, Steve Cherundolo, Jim Curtin, Wilfred Nance. All deserving. If anyone gets it, doesn't bother me. Referee and assistant referee of the years. Wow. Couldn't tell you that I care about the officiating awards, um, but I will say Ismael Elfath and Alan Chapman, I think, do stand out. When I watch games with them, they do not influence the games. They 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 react to what is going on, and they keep control of the game, but they do not leave an imprint on it. I will give it in that. So that is our first half of the show. Let's look at a few comments here before we take our halftime break. Angus McCorder says four divisions would be wise, maybe a bit better scheduling. Yeah, and you never know what went on in the back room talks of that Apple TV deal because a lot of people are saying that Apple TV, one of the things they're going to do is help drive better scheduling, similar to how the NFL has a three blocks of games, right? A new Wiseman says Joseph gets goal of the year, yet he's a bench player. Wow, goal of the year. It doesn't matter if you're a starter or a bench player as long as you put a highlight in the back of the net. Good for Joseph. Guy's still making headlines. Fantastic. Brother BKL says, I was thinking Alex Collins would win Defender of the Year, but Glessness is a win. Damn the MLS voting decision. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic, Brother BKL. And Connor says, Referee of the Year, my butt. We all know how I feel about officiating. You know, there's a lot of fans who feel hard done by referees throughout the course of the year, and that's just being hardcore fans. But you know, when you're a Columbus team that continuously gives up late goals like that, maybe you do kind of look at the referees and say, guys, blow the whistle. How much more stoppage time could there be? How many more VAR reviews can we have? So, Connor, I'm with you on that. Guys, we are going to take a short halftime break, about 30 seconds here on the YouTube side, um, probably even, even shorter on the podcast side. We don't have a Chicago Fire update since they're not playing from our good friend, supporter, and sponsor, John Donovan. But please make sure you go out and you support our sponsor, Skira Icelandic Spring Water. I could not find the Skira bottling plant when I was in Iceland. I was looking for it. Couldn't find it. I wonder if I wonder if they export the water here. Anyway, that's a future investigation. But guys, we are going to take a quick break. Go refill up your cups, and I'll see you in about 30 seconds. This MLS Weekly Recap is sponsored by Skira, Icelandic spring water, available at your local 7-Eleven. Icelandic for clear, Skira water comes from a spring in a nature preserve in Iceland with naturally low mineral content. This isn't your average water. Clearly, yes, pun intended, it's one of the best. Get some Skira today at your local 7-Eleven. All right, soccer fans, we are back for the second half of Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. First half of the show was great conversation regarding all things MLS Cup playoffs. I appreciate you guys jumping in, stretching back two games ago to, to talk about things when, when I was on vacation, when I was overseas. So I missed having that live chat with you last week. I missed having a drink with you all here this week. So let me get a little ching-ching by the microphone so everyone on the podcast can hear having the usual Jack and Coke, my, my standby, my go-to. I'm drinking a lot more bourbon lately. Did try some good whiskey in Iceland. 
I will I will put that out there. And speaking of vacations and Iceland, we have to thank our sponsor, Skira Icelandic Spring Water. Thank you to them. Thank you to John Donovan for always supporting the show. And if you would like to also support the show in a much greater capacity, obviously super chats, super thanks, donations via YouTube are, are the best way to do it. But if you want to sponsor the show, you can email us at sonsofapitchsoccer at gmail.com or direct message us on Twitter at SOP Soccer, or at the very least, click an ad. Let an ad play, share the link, spread the word, have some fun, guys. Love, love all the support we've gotten so far to get us to go to, you know, about 6,200 subscribers. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Now, back to the soccer talk. So I was out last week. My wife and I are celebrating 10 years of marriage, 10 years, three kids, four cars, through two houses in an apartment, man, it, 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 it's been a good fulfilling 10 years. And to celebrate that she wanted to go to Iceland and see the Northern lights. And I said, well, you know, honey, if we're already going to Iceland, why don't we just add London for a couple days and take in a vacation and an EPL game? Cause you know, it's, it's my anniversary too. It's our anniversary, but I'm part of that. And I would love to cross English Premier League game off my bucket list, and, and God bless my wife. She accommodated me, and I'm probably making it up for it for the next 10 years of marriage. But, guys, it was completely worth it. If you're a soccer fan, you need to go to England, and you need to experience a Premier League game. Now, I've, I've told people here I'm an, I'm an Everton supporter. I've been following them. I'm maybe not a diehard, but I love their history as a club. I love the fact that they've got had a lot of American players with them. And I, I couldn't just be a fair weather fan and say, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to be a Liverpool fan or I'm totally going to support Manchester City right now. I, I just couldn't do that. So that's why I, I picked Everton as my team and I've been following them. I love their rivalry with Liverpool, despite not it being a very competitive rivalry lately. So it's got everything that, that I as a fan wanted. And I got to see them play at Tottenham Hotspur in London when I was over there and the first thing that impressed me and here we'll, we'll show the picture. And honestly, I think this is my wife's first appearance on, on SOP after five years uh, of doing it. That might be her first picture up there. The sheer size of this stadium just absolutely blew me away uh, where we were sitting. When I would look across at the other end of the stadium, I, I looked like it was a painting. I couldn't even really make out the features of the people. It was an incredible sight to behold. I really think that there are some NFL stadiums that would fit inside the new Tottenham Hotspur stadium. But you hear the chanting for 90 minutes. And yes, we have that in MLS. We have these supporters groups, but this is the entire stadium. Every call, people are on their feet. Every foul, every shot, like everyone is living and dying on, on every touch of the ball. It was just a thrilling match, even though Everton lost 2-0. By the way, Jordan Pickford's antics, his time-wasting, his, his banter with the referee. Banter, I'll call it. It's It was an act, man. Like As an Everton fan, it's fun to watch. As someone who doesn't like Everton, I'm sure you hate him for it. And he's happy to play that role. Highly entertaining watching Jordan Pickford do it. And we'll see if he does it during the, uh, the English World Cup tour coming up this fall. Um, yeah, Connor says, you, Everton. Yep, as your profile pictures of you in your Arsenal jersey. Hey, congrats to Arsenal. I think they're still at the top of the table, man. It's been, been a while um, be since they've been in that spot. So good for you, good for them. Brother BKL says, I really like Everton. All right. Thanks, Brother BKL. We got some support 
Angus McCorder says, pick Wolverhampton after seeing a couple of their games in the Western Midlands. Also saw Crystal Palace pre-Premier League in their old stadium. Dude, that's fantastic, Angus. Um, I I feel like I heard the phrase Western Midlands a lot when I was walking around that stadium. So I, I'm sure there's a lot of history. I'm not too familiar with it myself. Maybe that's my next research assignment, right? But Wolverhampton, again, solid club. They've had some promise these last couple of years. It's to me, I think it's a lot of fun to have that mid-table team that that gives you that like, oh my gosh, this is the year we crack into the top four, uh, rather than oh, we didn't win the Premier League this year. What a disappointment! Like it's just a little bit more fun to me like that. So I'm I'm glad I can I can commiserate with a fellow middle-table guy like Wolverhampton, though they've had they've had a lot better results than Everton the last couple of seasons. That's for sure. Um, the other thing I got to tell you guys, not only was the, the game awesome, was the crowd awesome, the environment in the stadium, it it was so cool at the end of the game, there was like 50,000 people who all had to take the same tube, same subway essentially, back south from Tottenham. Tottenham is in North London, and everyone was traveling back to, to Southern or Central London, and they have like 50,000 people need to get on the same train line after the game. I never felt like I was not safe. I never felt like there was going to be trouble. It was just everyone in a crowd waiting, getting out of the queue. Even the, even the, uh, the conductors were just barely checking tickets. It was just like, go, everyone's got to get out of here. Let's move. So I really appreciated that. So just a a well-run, well-hosted game. I got, I got my souvenir from it. My, my Tottenham Hotspur scarf to show that I, that I was at the stadium for the game. They were selling scarves that had Everton on one side, Tottenham on the other in the game date. So, um, but I ended up settling on, on the Tottenham Hotspur scarf to, to, to memorialize the occasion. So that's, that's what we got here. Now a new Wiseman says, yeah, I went to a Chelsea match this year, cried like a baby when I came to the bridge, took a tour of Hotspur stadium too. Well, a new Wiseman, have I got something to show you here, my friend. I also stayed about two and a half miles from Stanford bridge so took a walk over to it, and here is my l- – let me get my get that out of the way. There's my picture in front of Stamford Bridge. There was an away game that weekend, so I got to walk around, see the thing. What what I was unimpressed with of Stamford Bridge was that on the one side of it, they built an entire hotel. So I walked up, and I'm looking at a hotel, not a soccer stadium. Now, if I had approached it – from the other entrance, then I would have walked right into this beautiful view. But I will say having some of the old, uh, I think they called it the shield, the shield wall where they put up plaques of all their like top players, Didier Drogba and, and, and the like, and even going back further than that, that was cool to see some of like the old stonework that was there. So really, uh, really enjoyed walking around. They even had a museum attached to the stadium, and uh, you actually got to see their Champions League trophies and Club World Cup trophy. Now, I couldn't take pictures of it. They didn't allow photography of the trophies. But those Champions League trophies, holy crap. Those things are humongous. They are bigger than my children. They, I don't know how much they weigh, but they were a massive piece of hardware. I don't know if you guys have ever been close to the Champions League trophy, but it was incredible. Um, but, but I didn't get a chance to stay long cause we had to go catch, catch the tube up to Tottenham. Um, but I did get to walk around a little bit of the museum. It was phenomenal again. And, and it was cool. You could walk around the, the grounds here and, and take pictures and check it out. You just couldn't actually get into the building, but, uh, maybe that's for my next visit to England. 
Um, looking at some of the other pictures, the other cool thing across the street from Stanford Bridge, the stadium, is the Butcher's Hook. This is the club, uh, the pub where Chelsea was founded, where uh, the person who owned the grounds sold it to the person who eventually built the built the stadium and the soccer team there. So I went in here, had some fish and chips and a pint, watched some EPL soccer, and it was all part of the the memories of checking out Chelsea. Now we got some great comments here regarding EPL. Angus McCorder even says, how many uh, football teams are there in London? Seven would not happen in the States. Now he's talking Premier League because there's, I mean, if you take into account all the surrounding areas of London, I'm sure there's a dozen at least. And even just taking a cab to the airport, we drove by Brentford Stadium. I just kind of happened to look over in between two office buildings. There's Brentford Stadium right off the highway. So I got to actually technically see three stadiums while I was over there. And that was just in a very, you know, small area where I was at. So um, there's tons of clubs and you're right. It won't happen in the U.S. I mean, if you think like Chicago, you know, the closest major city to me, if you think that you have hockey, baseball, baseball, soccer, football, basketball, you know, you've got six, sorry, the green screens cut my fingers off. You have six professional teams all in the city if you think of it that way, maybe it's not as crazy because in London, you only have professional soccer, professional football. Um, you know, maybe you, you have some some rugby or, or cricket or other things like that. But if you just want to look at, you know, the, the five pop, most popular sports. Yeah, if you look at it in that sense, maybe it's comparable. But you're right. It would be way too much to have that many of any one sport in any American city. And it's pretty unique to that sense. So it's cool. And it's cool to have all the rivalries and everyone in such close geographic proximity because Everton being in Liverpool is a few hours, you know, train right away, I think, or at least a few hours drive away. Um, Their fan section was packed in. So that's fantastic to see. And unlike in the MLS where things are so spread out, you have empty, empty stands because you can't get rid of the tickets because the away fans are coming and this and that. So it's, it's really cool to see in that aspect as well. And we had a new Wiseman saying, I took pictures with the trophies. I took one with the UCL one. Okay, so maybe you're the reason why they put the sign up that said no pictures with the trophies. I was the only one in the museum, and the the guy working there was just staring at me the whole time. I couldn't get away with it. Plus, I didn't want to be the American that was like, hey, stupid yank, read the sign, right? I could have probably told him I didn't, I didn't understand, you know, British, but I don't think he would have found that very funny. Um, Ingus McCorder also says, he toured Manchester United Stadium. Uh, that would be cool to see Old Trafford. And yeah, Everton and Liverpool are are very close. And I think Everton Stadium is now a little bit further now that they they're building their new stadium uh, down on the docks. Um, but that is, uh, you're absolutely right, man. It's really close up there, brother. BKL Butcher's Hook is my favorite. I heard they have the world's greatest meal. Hope I could try that brew beer in London. Uh, I had the fish and chips. It was good. I wasn't blown away. They had a lot of other stuff on the menu, but I had to go fish and chips. I had to do the touristy thing. The last thing I wanted, I wanted to tell you guys as part of my trip in Iceland, just, just to share some experiences with you. Um, my hotel was a few blocks from the Iceland National Stadium. Very cool. Couldn't get in to get any good pictures of it, but we did drive by it. Um, so very cool to see Iceland's National Soccer Stadium. They have their own league. I think it's the KSI is the abbreviation. Uh, I think it's 10 to 12 teams. Several of them are in the capital of Reykjavik. And so just driving around as we're touring the countryside, driving through some of the cities uh, and through some of the city. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, look, another soccer stadium. Oh, hey, there's another soccer stadium. So I think there's like four or five teams in Reykjavik, or at least four or five stadiums if you include the national stadium. But the highlight of Iceland, the Northern Lights, this is just one of many, many shots um, that my wife took with her iPhone. This is completely just her regular iPhone settings taken. This is how amazing the Northern Lights look. And then the other great thing we did was we did a waterfall and glacier tour. So here we are in the hidden waterfall on the south coast where it's like a tiny little cave and then it just opens up into like this 200 foot waterfall. And thanks to all of the other tourists waiting in line to take pictures and we had just kind of alternated phones and cameras for a while. Um, so it was really cool. We also hiked a glacier. Uh, we went to the Blue Lagoon hot spring spot. Guys, if you love being outside, if you love exploring nature and if you love the scenery, I mean, come on, take a look at the Northern Lights here, right? get to Iceland. And uh, if you take if you take any pictures or go to any soccer games, definitely let me know. Um, real quick, Iceland too. Thank you, Reykjavik Airport, for having two-for-one Iceland soccer jerseys from the 2021-2022 uh, year, 21-22 campaign here. So I got my, my home and away two-for-one Iceland jerseys at the Reykjavik or not Reykjavik, the uh, the international airport just in the next town over from Reykjavik. So not 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 bad, not bad gear here, right? Let's take a few more comments, guys, and then we can go ahead and close it up. Maybe I can catch the second half of the Bears game. I actually think they're winning. If you uh, if my updates are still still true, Angus McCorder says that is so beautiful. The Northern Lights. I'm an astronomy geek. Uh, Angus, it was, it was phenomenal. It's something that my wife had been looking forward to. I was, you know, well, if you're happy, honey, I'm happy. I was blown away by it. We uh, we went on probably one of the best nights of the month, according to our tour guide. We were maybe a half hour outside of the city, so there's still just a little bit of the light pollution, but it was an hour and a half of a spectacular display, man. If, if you get the chance, go for it. Now, we'll end on an MLS note here where a new Wiseman says MLS really needs to adopt the away ticket rules, 5% of the stadium for away fans. Now, do you say that a new Wiseman because you want more seats for the home fans? Or do you say that because you want to try and, and sell more tickets or limit the away rules? I mean, as an Atlanta guy, like, there's obviously I can see why, because you want more home tickets, right? Because Atlanta's got no problem filling up their stadium, but the MLS has got to look at every single club. So when you have clubs, which is crazy, like a Dallas, I don't know what their average attendance was this season, not top 10 as far as my guess would be, uh, but yet they're, they're a playoff team. They finished, what, third, fourth in the Western Conference? Um, how are they not filling stadiums, right? How is, let's see, Chicago. How are they not filling stadiums? They're not, and then we're not even trying to fill all of Soldier Field here. Just the bottom, the bottom levels, just that hundred level, right? They're not filling. Uh, who else? And can you really put that in when teams don't even own their stadiums? If you look at New York City uh, and any and any others who are sharing with a football stadium or in developments or things like that, so it's it's an interesting, interesting thought. I think eventually, if the MLS continues to grow and you see. Um, and you see a lot more people getting back to live sporting events now that a lot of the COVID restrictions are over or people are just more confident and comfortable going out. I think you're going to see a lot more ticket sales increase. With the Apple deal, I hope it gives more exposure to these home games to get people into the stadiums and not turn it into an NFL situation where 
I'd much rather be sitting on my couch because watching an NFL game to me, this is old crotchety dad Nick here talking. I'd rather sit on my couch, watch every replay, watch it, go up and get a beer, go to the bathroom without waiting in line. Like I can do all of that. Um, I can do all of that from the comfort of my own home. I don't have to drive into Chicago and take care of it. But anyway, uh, that is my final thought. We'll leave with my little ticket rant there. Feel free, a new Wiseman, drop some thoughts with us on Twitter at SOP Soccer or email us at Sons of a Pitch Soccer at gmail.com. I want to thank everyone who's joined us tonight. Brother BKL, Connor Knows Soccer, who, by the way, guys, go check out Connor's uh, YouTube channel. Connor, Feel free to tweet at us. Let us know your link. And whenever I know you always are good about advertising your games on Twitter, Connor does tons of live streams uh, for MLS, for English, for for a lot of different things. He even branched out in some horror movies for October. So keep up the content, Connor. Um, Guys, go check out his channel. Angus McCorder, thank you for all the conversation. Hani Mukhtar's edits was up in the chat earlier. Blau and Grana, our friend, our new friend from Valencia, Spain. Uh, Luis Angel Ocampo, Red Bull Insider, uh, everyone who jumped in, Rocky at Talking to Woods. It was great to have all of you, even Junior Ichung. Uh, if you're still listening, man, I've got Philly and LAFC getting into the finals if you're looking to bet. Um, anyway, that's it, everyone. Thank you so much. We'll be back again next week. I don't know if we're going to do a, a picks and preview video because we only got two two games to do it. So look for us back here again next week. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful night. Uh, I missed you. I'm glad to be back. I loved my trip. Go to London, see a game, go to Iceland, see the sights. Uh, and, and yeah, that's all I got for this week, guys. Cheers. We'll see you again soon.